Welcome to Life-Altering Events with Frank Zakari. When something positive or negative changes in our lives, we are basically at a fork in the road. Where does the next step take us? What do we do as reactions to something that has already happened? How do we prevent the negative aspects from happening again? Whether in business or personal parts of your life, you can get back on track. We'll talk about it today. Now, here is your host, Frank Zakari. Good morning. I hope you're having a wonderful Tuesday today. My name is Frank Zakari, and you're listening to Life-Altering Events on the VoiceAmerica.com Empowerment Channel. Now, since we started this show, people are often asking me, hey, Frank, what exactly is a life-altering event? And this is what I tell them. A life-altering event is something that we either choose or something that can be thrust upon us. Life-altering events present us with an opportunity to seize the moment and make a difference in our life and in the lives of our loved ones. They are also a fork in the road. We have a choice here on the life-altering event. We can choose to fall apart, or we can choose to find the courage, pick up the pieces, deal with our grief, and start moving forward toward better times and better people. Always remember this, it is never too late to have the life that you want and you deserve. Now as you listen to this show over the coming weeks and months and hopefully years, if you have a life-altering event that can inspire others, I want you to send me a message. Go to life-altering events on voiceamerica.com page, email the host, and let me hear your story. We want to hear what happened that dramatically changed your life, how you reacted to it, where you are now. We'll review that, and if it fits for our show, we'll use it in a future broadcast. So let's talk about some life-altering events. Today, we're going to discuss returning from addiction. Now, addiction and trauma are two things that tend to go hand in hand. Rarely do you find one without the other. Now, more times than not, addiction is both a physical and a neurological illness or disorder. Now, I'm a mentor with the Veteran Treatment Court. And a few weeks ago, we had the Veteran Treatment Court Judge David Abbott on, and we talked about what a Veteran Treatment Court is and how it helps our veterans. Now, far too many of our veterans are suffering from both addiction and trauma. Now, I want to share with you some words from an advanced area Marine at his graduation from Veteran Treatment Court. Now, this Marine is addicted to opioids. Now, how did that happen? He got addicted to opioids because he was prescribed it for pain while he was serving our country. So he has severe PTSD, he has a traumatic brain injury, and he has an opioid addiction. Now, I used his words in my book, Storm Seeds, because it's incredibly powerful. And this is what he said. He said, I am one of you. I have been in and out of rehab more times than I care to admit. Life is hard and it's certainly not fair. It takes extraordinary courage and strength to navigate all the obstacles that life drops in front of us. Far too often, many of us try to navigate these obstacles alone. I don't know why we do this, but I do have a theory. Many of us have been hurt or betrayed or abandoned by the very people we depend upon for guidance and support. 
we no longer have trust or faith in people. As we try to navigate this alone, we make wrong choices, we surround ourselves with the wrong people, and things, and things just get worse. And then he continued, most of us addicts don't change course. We do well when we're in rehab, but once we get out, the misery and the addiction is waiting for us. Most of us will be back in rehab or in jail, and unfortunately some of us will be found dead on the street. Addiction is an invincible opponent if we try to fight it alone. So I gathered my courage, I asked for guidance, I asked for grace, and I asked for mercy. I didn't expect anything to change. But what harm was there in trying? I bounced off a few walls, but isn't freedom from my addiction worth it? I want you to think about those words. They should send a chill down your spine. Substance abuse in the United States has reached a point of crisis, and the chronic cycle of treatment followed by relapse does not alleviate the problem. Trauma and addiction can happen to anybody at any time. It is not just the stereotype people living under bridges. Many are veterans, they're first responders, they're police, they're teachers, they're business people, ministers, professional athletes, and the guy that lives next door. As our Marines said, most of us are not strong enough to defeat misery and addiction alone. Now that's pretty depressing news, but there's hope. Awakening Wholeness is a charitable organization started right here in Phoenix. And today we have two of the key people with this organization. We have Julio Alvarado, who is a chairman of the board and the CEO. And Julio has been a volunteer for 35 years with various nonprofits throughout Northern California and Arizona. He has sat on numerous boards. He's a Vietnam-era veteran, and he works extensively with many Native American nations. And we have Dr. Annette Zakari, who also happens to be my sister, who is a PhD and is a counselor for Zakari and Associates LLC in Scottsdale. Now, Dr. Zakari has over 30 years of experience in counseling. She specializes in medical crises, helping people who have experienced traumatic events, disability, or illnesses, as well as a number of other mental health disorders. So Julio and Annette, welcome to Life Altering Events. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Julio, let me start with you. The first thing one sees on your website when you go to awakeningwholeness.org is awaken, transform, and renew. Why did you start this? Well, it all came from the, uh, uh, the idea that when we're born, um, we're whole. There's, you know, unless there's a, a, a medical issue or what have you. But and for most part, we're you know we're born whole, uh, a beautiful infant that continues to grow, and as we grow, uh, is where we start experiencing reality, and that is the environment we grew up in, uh, our backgrounds, and so forth. And not everybody uh, has the ideal background. So, uh, speaking from experience, uh, this is where trauma begins. So as we get, as we go through our lives, uh, things become more complicated and our experiences can be good or bad. 
uh, but the net result is still the same, is that we carry with us, we kind of pack down uh, those experiences that we don't want to talk about, that we feel uh, ashamed to talk about. Uh, and then we go, uh, we make that choice, uh, which is a wonderful choice, and that is to serve our country. And as a result, uh, not everyone goes into combat. Uh, however, it doesn't prevent them from not being traumatized, because the trauma there is they leave home and they're in boot camp. And that can be pretty traumatic itself. Uh, however, uh, at the end of their journey in the military, when they come out, they're completely different. Uh, and so awakening wholeness is the, uh, is the catalyst, the, the, the connection, along with a lot of other uh, nonprofits that are working diligently to help veterans uh, transition uh, from the military life into civilian life, which is not an easy task, specifically if they're um, if they have suffered additional trauma uh, while serving in the uh, active and uh, inactive duty, it's a. I spent some time with uh, Julio with this program, and whenever we speak to people, the response is, is tremendous. These young men and women went in whole, as he mentioned. They were fine. They were healthy, and in the service of their country, things happened to them. And now they're trying to get reestablished back into civilian life, which is extremely difficult. And many programs have 30-day programs, 45-day programs, and they're just treating one thing. Now, Annette is a highly respected counseling professional. I've heard you say repeatedly the value is treating the individual physically, mentally, and spiritually. What's the value of that? I would also add in addition to those three areas, physically, mentally, and spiritually, also emotionally. emotionally. And the reason why these four areas are so important to concentrate on is that I believe in a more holistic perspective when I'm treating a, a patient. And what that means is that these are four variables that contribute to personal wellness. And as you were saying earlier, many um, individuals will enter the armed services to serve their country, and they are going in whole. And the wellness of each individual when they, are, when they return is what I really look at. And how does one become healthier in those four areas? Because all four areas, when experiencing a traumatic event, you are affected physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. Those areas of our lives become compromised, but those four areas of our life is what makes us whole and what, what makes us well. And when I find that there are barriers to the individuals I work with in facing those challenges in those four areas, we try to look at well, what are those barriers to becoming healthy and what could we do to help cope with those barriers. Oftentimes, you can't remove tra traumatic experiences, but you do help people in achieving wellness in those areas by learning to cope, by learning to manage, and to really evaluate those personal assessments, often on a lifelong basis, of how do they continue every day to enhance their lives physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. It's, it's very interesting. When I've heard you and Julio speak, it's almost you're parroting each other. 
It's a wholeness. We're trying to get back to wholeness, hence the name of the organization, Awakening Wholeness. Now, Julio, organizations have been trying for years to help people return to productive life, yet the statistics indicate upon completion of detox or recovery, only 10%, 10% successfully avoid returning to their former circumstances within a 12-month window. Explain the approach you have with Awakening Wholeness. Well, thank you for asking that question because that's, that's the, um, the nucleus, the center of, of our organization. As I said before, there are many organizations out there doing a great job. Uh, however, it all comes down to economics. Uh, you know, uh, health plans and so forth are, are limited as to how long they will treat an individual. And what I found in my uh, research and, and actually visiting various facilities is that they were doing a great job. Uh, they were, you know, they were, you know, bringing people through. However, what we found was that he, it would be necessary at some point to be able to extend the, the uh, program that, or transformational program that would uh, give, enable these individuals and give them tools uh, that they can carry with them, as, as Dr. Sakari just pointed out, uh, you know, uh, being able to uh, be able to, to, to transition, but fully equipped, prepared for what, what's coming, at least to to the, to the best degree possible. So what we did is that we took a look at it and we addressed the mind, body, and spirit uh, uh, factors, and we found that. Um, it, uh, it, if we applied uh, the latest technology to a program, such as a, an application called WeConnect, which was uh, uh, put together in, uh, in the state of Washington by a, a wonderful group of individuals and scientists, and they raise a, a significant amount of capital, and they come out with a CM program that uh, which is CM standing for continuing uh, uh, management, health management, is that it gives the the veteran, the participant, a tool that is in an app form that helps them keep uh, a structure of of keeping on time for whatever uh, appointments they have, and and it keeps it helps them work through it. What's unique about this application is that the intellectual property that it it, it has also the capacity of alerting the therapist uh, 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 to see when they potentially can, you know, potentially are, are leaning in the direction of relapse. Uh, so that helps significantly. So we, we, we're, we've collab we're collaborating with the WeConnect organization, and it was within their white paper that uh, it's been demonstrated that if you can, the longer you stay in a structural, structured environment, the better chances you have of improving that, those 10%. So, uh, and it's all incremental. It just as the longer you stay, the better you become. And so we believe that we can r raise that number within the three to f uh, two to three month period to within 30 to 40% chances of not relapsing. And that's a critical thing. You can't start and all the trauma that has been built up isn't going to be solved in a 30-day window. 
We're up against the break here, so this segment went really fast. Um, stay with us. We're going to take a short break. Uh, we'll be coming right back and continuing this conversation on awakening wholeness and dealing with re returning from addiction. Don't go away. You do not want to miss this next segment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Book Frank Zakari as the motivational speaker at your next event. Frank is a dynamic, entertaining, and fascinating storyteller. Your organization will be entertained and will learn stories of success they can implement immediately. Email Frank today to secure him for your next event at lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com or call 916-718-5517. Mention that you heard about it from the Life Altering Events radio program. You can also visit Frank's website for more information at frankzakari.com. Frank Zakari has written five books spanning a range of life-altering events and how to handle them. When the Wife Cheats is about a man with two young daughters handling the devastating loss of a cheating wife. Inside the Spaghetti Bowl is about how one family stays together through both good and bad. Five Years to Live follows a couple through life after a tragic accident, recovery, and prognosis. From the Ashes is a turnaround management success story about the University of Washington volleyball team. Find the books at Amazon in print, audio, and Kindle formats and at frankzakari.com. Multiple studies show us that the vast majority of people are disengaged at work. A Gallup report stated that two-thirds of American workers are unhappy and 15% actually hate their work. That means that 81% are not engaged to work for a common goal. Frank Zakari and his team have programs to help you change this dynamic and create a collaborative and high-performing organization. Visit frankzakari.com to set up an initial consultation today. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Life Altering Events with Frank Sakari. To call into the program today with questions or comments, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you can send an email to lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. We're back, and we're talking with Julio Alvarado and Dr. Annette Zakari, and we're discussing returning from addiction. Now, just before we went on a break... Julio, Mr. Alvarado, had discussed his awakening wholeness in the program that, it, that takes the recidivism rate, which right now is terrible, only 10% of the people are successful after going through these detox programs, and with the model he's putting together, we think we can improve it to 30 to 40, 50% range. Again, Annette, this is what you do. You're a professional in this world. Many programs with this 30, 45-day, they just, they just don't work. So why, from the scientific and the social services standpoint, do they fail? Well, from my perspective and with our practice, what we have found is that this is a lifelong commitment to address substance abuse and trauma. 
and ongoing resources are absolutely necessary. The 30 to 40 day cutoff is really just to treat the initial issues and related to addiction, and that's helping to at least become uh, much, you know, sober and to be able to detox. However, lifelong commitment is absolutely necessary, and someone um, who is in a program like this will definitely need ongoing access to helping services to address substance abuse and address uh, their trauma. Now, when I say lifelong, that doesn't mean they need to be in a program lifelong, but they do need ongoing access to services and ongoing access to, to networking and resources that help them maintain their sobriety and help them when they are having issues with the reacquaintance with trauma that they might be experiencing, and again, on an ongoing basis. And what we have found in our research is that retired members of the armed forces are not immune to addiction. And this group of people must deal with complex health and economic challenges. And the psychological stress of combat experiences and the demanding environment of military life can trigger substance use disorders. Long deployments and frequent moves lead to strained relationships with loved ones, with family. And thousands of veterans face critical problems such as unemployment and hope and help excuse me, hope homelessness. So it's not surprising that when a veteran uses drugs and alcohol as a crutch to deal with hardships of service and readjustment to civilian life, it is just become so daunting. What we have found is that substance abuse and mental health services administration estimates that about seven percent of U.S. veterans have a substance use disorder, and about 20% of military men and women who have served in Afghanistan or in Iraq suffer from PTSD, depression, traumatic brain injury, and all of those are conditions which predispose one to an addiction. And then when you look at PTSD, depression, traumatic brain injury, those are life-changing conditions that one must deal with on a daily basis. PTSD triggers trauma from the past, brings it forward, and traumatic brain injury makes it cognitively um, challenging to really process and problem solve and critical think and identify feelings because your processing and sequencing abilities cognitively are so compromised, which then leads to depression and then addiction. And mental health conditions and substance abuse are the leading cause of hospitalizations among U.S. troops. The Department of Defense, what we found out, enforces a strict zero-tolerance policy for drug use among active military personnel. But what we have found is that veterans still have higher rates of tobacco addiction, alcoholism, and prescription drug misuse in civilians. And substance abuse among veterans is steadily increasing. There are a number of statistics that I'd be happy to share, which would be um, there are 7.1% of veterans develop substance abuse disorder during a period from 2004 to 2006. Two out of 10 veterans suffer post-traumatic stress disorder and go on to develop various serious um, substance abuses, and that's according to the National Center for PTSD. And one in six veterans of the Iraq and Afghan um, campaign experienced symptoms of PTSD, and that's according to the National Institute of Drug Abuse. 
and 20% of female veterans who have served in Iraq and Afghanistan have been diagnosed with PTSD, and that's according to the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. And one out of every four veterans of these wars, these campaigns, reports experiencing symptoms of mental health disorder, again, according to the Department of Health and Human Services. And 25% of young veterans from the ages of 18 to 25 exhibit symptoms of substance abuse disorders or other mental health disorders, and that's between the study of 2004 to 2006 of the National Institute on Drug Abuse. And this is double, double the instance reported by veterans aged 26 to 54 years and five times more for veterans aged 55 years and older. So from my perspective, this is really becoming an epidemic. PTSD and substance abuse in veterans can trigger pain, anger, relationship stress, isolation, sleep deprivation. And when this traumatic stress is left untreated, coping mechanisms often include substance abuse, which leads to substance abuse disorder. Those are frightening numbers, particularly with the young people, 18 to 25. That those, those are terrifying numbers. Now, Julio, tell us about your advisory board model and the various segments within Awakening Wholeness that go beyond just the initial, hey, we're going to help you understand that you aren't, you're an addict. Well, the, the, the model itself is... Uh, is, is a continuing model, not meaning that, first of all, the, uh, the participant uh, has to have that desire of wanting to change. Uh, and, and we're going to help them. If, if you step forward, we're going to help you. It's, there's no, judge, no judging, no, no criticizing. It's all about the veteran and helping them transition and helping them gain those tools. So what we did is that uh, we took a look at the, the fact that as Annette, uh, Dr. Sakari just pointed out, uh, they go through detox and, and recovery, and then they go to what is called a sober living environment, which is typically for 30, 45, maybe 60 days, uh, and then they go back to their communities. While they're in that sober living environment is where we introduce uh, our wellness program. So what I did is that I brought together uh, and talking to my friends and, 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 and being introduced to other individuals, a group of uh, 10 uh, advisory board members. And they come from every walk of life. Four of them are uh, Vietnam veterans uh, uh, and also Afghanistan. Uh, they all have suffered or are still in some form or another uh, experiencing PTSD or trauma. Uh, and th- th- I, I want to make a point here that's extremely important to me, uh, being a Vietnam-era veteran, and that is that there's a, our, the young people coming back are suffering, but we must not forget the, the Vietnam veteran uh, that, came, that, that, that went through that campaign and are still suffering and that need attention and they need to be, to, to be, to be helped. So our, our advisory board... Uh, then uh, collectively uh, have have put together a variety of programs which include uh, everything from dietary uh, to uh, uh, yoga, meditation, tai chi, uh, and other various journaling uh, uh, and other programs that can be introduced 
to a person's life that they can utilize as a tool in order to cope and be able to move forward. Let's elaborate a little bit on some of the programs. One of the things we hear from veterans um, all the time is while I was in service, I had a job, I had a role, I had self-esteem, I was in a position of respect. So on, what's today, September 10th. So on September 10th, I'm a warrior. I have all those things in my life. On September 11th, I'm unemployed and probably unemployable. How are you addressing that, Julio? Thanks for asking that question because that is that is uh, one of the most uh, important uh, pieces to our program is that we looked at that and what's the sense of a, of a veteran going back to their communities if they're unemployed it's just a matter of time uh, where they they get they can be drawn back in into mo- you know you know a standard operating uh, procedure of, of, of living so what we've done is that uh, we have put heavy emphasis on employment and we have uh, both a job assistance program in which we are bringing in corporations with, that have internships and also with uh, uh, construction-related uh, industries and trades for, for apprenticeship. And we're, trying to, and we're creating this collaborative, uh, collaborative uh, arena for the veteran to be able to go. Now, we prepare them as to uh, how to sh- clean up their resume and various points. But I'm, I'm happy to announce that uh, we're also working on something that's rather unique in nature, and that is that uh, in addition to jobs, but looking also at careers. And I cannot get into the details because it's still in the incubator stage, but it'll be soon coming out uh, of that uh, incubation period. Uh, a program that will be able through artificial intelligence and machine language be able to uh, provide the data and the information to that veteran as to what would be one of their best choices career-wise and what industry they would fit in. And it takes into account the data points utilizing their military background. because the veteran comes with a multitude of talents when he's been out there, leadership, uh, accountability, uh, also being able to manage people in, 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 a, in a lot of different ways. And all of these things can, can benefit them in looking for work, and we will do our very best and, uh, and uh, help them gain gainful employment. One of the things about this program with the artificial intelligence and why it's so important and why it is so unique is that veterans tend not to stay at their job very long. They get out and it's not a good fit. It's not using what their military experience was. And there's a hesitancy to hire a veteran because they look at the businesses will look at that data and say, well, he's probably going to stay 12 to 14 months. Why is this so important? Well, the cost, from an industry standpoint, the cost of productivity in America is staggering to, uh, to uh, corporate America. And so HR, along with the various departments that they, that they uh, overlook and, and, and manage, uh, there is a reluctancy because you're spending dollars to train somebody and, 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 and so forth. And then, because they don't feel that they can that they they can acclimate, or they don't they, they have difficulties in 
and within the envi that environment because it was a job, uh, not a career. It was a job that so they, 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 the tendency to uh, to move on is is a lot more likely. However, the individuals that go through our program will have the tools prior to going on an interview, interview on on how to how to reverse that because they are already on their on their journey to uh, awake awakening that wholeness within them and be, and having the transformational tools that are necessary to sustain them in employment. And one of the points on the research when this group was talking to us was it's getting down to things that you don't normally think about. It's I this particular veteran likes to work in in in, a, in in the office environment, in a structured environment. There are ones that want to be out open, where they're they're not being micromanaged. And when you first come out of the military, as Julio and I both did, all you care about is I need a job. Military doesn't pay you a lot, and even if you save all your leave and sell it before you go, you know it's not a hell of a lot of money. And you're looking, I need something. And that's part of why there's all this turnover, because I was a bartender, I, was, I made pizzas, I did, you do whatever you have to do to survive. And then that, that, that raises that turnover ratio in businesses saying, well, veterans don't stick around. This will help them. The veteran will understand you are a good fit in this type of an environment. And as Julio said, now we have to train them. Precisely, precisely, and 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 you're absolutely correct in in, in, in how you presented that because uh, we all know that when you like what you do, and it's it, it becomes a passion. You know, you have a passion for what you do. You want to excel. You want to do the best you can. And one of the things that veterans, uh, uh, military personnel, bring to any organization. Is, is the fact that they're trainable. They, they can think. They can think very quickly on their feet. And if they uh, uh, are, are given that opportunity and they don't have to uh, be burdened with the fact that I have an alcoholic uh, uh, background or I'm trying to you know, uh, uh, get through this process, but they are already moving in that direction, by the time they, they start working for a company, that will then increase their self-esteem and who they are and get them back on track to be able to uh, become uh, productive uh, citizens and an and, and asset to any organization. As you, as you talk to veterans, as, as we've talked to dozens and dozens and hundreds of veterans, that's the, that's the single most important thing. I want a sustainable job so I can prepare, so I can raise my family, support my family. That's the single most important thing. And that's what's missing in, our, in, in every other program as veterans come out. There isn't anything to guide them into that. There's a lot of things for helping with their, with their addiction or their issues. But at the end of the day, you've got to have a job. And, you know, that's a, that's a very good point. The, what I wanted to uh, uh, also emphasize is that awakening wholeness, once the veteran comes out of that uh, uh, sober uh, living environment, we will sponsor for the next eight to nine months uh, veterans and their families and helping them in any way, shape, or form that we can to stay on track and helping them with their employment uh, uh, needs and careers. So it's, it, it, in essence, we're 
I believe we're one of the very few that has a 12-month program in which uh, we will commit to being with the veteran. Now, this is incredibly interesting, ladies and gentlemen. We are up against another break here. So we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back and continue with this conversation with Dr. Annette Zakari and Julio Alvarado as they talk about helping veterans return from addiction. Stay with us. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Frank Sicari has written five books spanning a range of life-altering events and how to handle them. When the Wife Cheats is about a man with two young daughters handling the devastating loss of a cheating wife. Inside the Spaghetti Bowl is about how one family stays together through both good and bad. Five Years to Live follows a couple through life after a tragic accident, recovery, and prognosis. From the Ashes is a turnaround management success story about the University of Washington volleyball team. Find the books at Amazon in print, audio, and Kindle formats and at frankzakari.com. Multiple studies show us that the vast majority of people are disengaged at work. A Gallup report stated that two-thirds of American workers are unhappy and 15% actually hate their work. That means that 81% are not engaged to work for a common goal. Frank Zakari and his team have programs to help you change this dynamic and create a collaborative and high-performing organization. Visit frankzakari.com to set up an initial consultation today. Book Frank Zakari as the motivational speaker at your next event. Frank is a dynamic, entertaining, and fascinating storyteller. Your organization will be entertained and will learn stories of success they can implement immediately. Email Frank today to secure him for your next event at lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com or call 916-718-5517. Mention that you heard about it from the Life Altering Events radio program. You can also visit Frank's website for more information at frankzakari.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Life-Altering Events with Frank Zakari. To call into the program today with questions or comments, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you can send an email to lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Life Altering Events with Frank Sicari. We are having a just a phenomenal conversation here about Awakening Wholeness, a new nonprofit that's starting in Phoenix, Arizona. And if all goes well, we'll be spread out through the rest of the country. And we have Mr. Julio Alvarado, who is the chairman and CEO of the program. And we have Dr. Annette Zakari, who is also involved with this program with the counseling and the uh, dealing, helping with the addiction components. Now, Annette, we've all heard the statement made that somewhere along the line, people with an addiction did this to themselves. They don't have enough strength and courage. They must hit rock bottom before they're willing to change. And I've heard you say that this is a flawed approach for many, many years. Explain why. 
Well, from my perspective, my approach, I often use the Maslow theory of um, self-actualization because I want to refer to him as I go through answering that question. But according to Maslow, rock bottom is the furthest place one can be when it comes to having their necessary needs met to reach their full potential. Now, when an individual has a substance abuse disorder, people look at it more as a flaw in character instead of a disease. What we need to look at is what brings somebody closer to achieving their self-actualization, closer to wellness, closer to reaching their full potential. And we see that it is through having their psychological needs met of belonging, of love, of esteem, being met, that people move closer to that place of wellness. And that is giving them the resources they need to heal, to treat the disease, not treat a character flaw. We're treating a disease. Maslow also tells us that addiction, uh, or in addition to having our basic needs met, it is that sense of security, safety, connectedness, community acceptance, intimate relationships, and being able to give and to receive love, etc., which bring people closer to reaching really their full potential in treating and managing a disease process. And Maslow has also said, in fact, that having the needs met of your self-worth, of a sense of purpose, of achieving your own personal and familial goals, and feeling good about yourself and having a sense of accomplishment are what really brings people closer to that wellness than being rock bottom could ever be. Um, and so that is, you know, something that I always really look at in treating someone is that I don't want you to reach rock bottom. I want to treat a disease. I want to be able to help you process what that means. And in any disease we have, whether it's, you know, a chronic condition of any type, we teach a patient how to manage it. And that's what we're trying to do here. Does that mean that there's a recidivism rate is high? It could be. But believing in people and giving them access to meeting those simple psychological, social needs, which is what um, we want to do in, in this program with Julio and Awakenings, is that we want to do just that, awaken people to their self-actualization, to their purpose in life, or to repurpose and redefine where they want to be. One of the things that I have read is once you get to that rock bottom Recovery is is much more difficult because the community that you need, your family, your loved one, your support system, may have abandoned you. And now you're out there trying to fight this battle completely by yourself. Is that an accurate statement? That is accurate because, again, you know, oftentimes we have seen substance abuse disorders as being um, a character flaw or there's something wrong with you or you can't, you know, you're, you're almost put outside of your community or outside of the norms and the barriers of the family and the community because this type of situ- this type of disorder, this type of disease is very behavioral. So it does affect behaviors and it affects your relationship and how you see the world and how you interact with the world. But if you give someone access on how to manage and how to really um, have the resources available that they need to manage it and never give up hope. You know, one of the things I I never do with the clients that come in is I never give up hope, even when there is a relapse, which happens often. But I don't give up hope, and I don't want them to give up hope that they still can find 
their wellness. They can still come back and figure out what they need to do with their life. And with programs like, like this, we are hoping to see that we are giving people an opportunity to get to that place of wellness so that they can integrate back into their community and into their families and back into civilian life. As uh, I, I'm a veteran, I'm a uh, mentor with the Veteran Treatment Court in, in Sacramento, California. And one of the things we hear from these veterans is, yes, I need to do the the the, the programs, and I need to do the uh, managing anger, and I need to do the PTSD classes and all of that kind of stuff. But there's more to life than this. There is then I need additional things uh, for for my overall well-being. Things like yoga that Julio had mentioned, things like Tai Chi, things like we believe in you and we're going to open up some other avenues to, to make you make it more of a wholeness rather than just strictly treatment, treatment, treatment. you have a comment on that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the key to move from that rock bottom of that pyramid of human needs is to bring someone up to the needs that bring them closer to reaching their full potential. And that means foster social connectedness rather than forced isolation to giving them um, opportunities to practice such um, different uh, treatments that they could use lifelong, not just, you know, within the therapeutic relationship or within a program, but something that they could take with them that brings them lifelong management of this disease and brings them far more self-worth rather than fueling shame about what they have, but to bring them back to that connectedness that is so important in the treatment and management of substance abuse. One of the things that, uh, in working with Awakening Wholeness that I really love about the program is it's not your typical nonprofit that's always just begging for money. Now, obviously, it needs money, but they also will go out and do events and do programs to raise awareness about this where people see that there's a, there's a need here, and people want to help veterans. They just need to know how. Julio, can you address that? Uh, yes. <clears throat> we are, uh, we're looking uh, to have a series of wellness fairs uh, in which there'll be uh, introductions to a variety of different programs, as I mentioned, journaling, uh, uh, tai Chi. Uh, uh, part of our program, we have a uh, a, uh, a very uh, well known retired uh, NFL coach who now runs a program uh, in the gym that also brings in the the body, uh, uh, helping with the body. And we were looking at uh, doing uh, uh, events with selling auctions and so forth uh, to raise to raise uh, awareness and to raise uh, donations. But the, uh, the the key thing that we have uh, uh, that we want to stress, as as Dr. Sakari has pointed, is that there is no magic pill, but there is a series of things that you can do as you look inwardly into who you are and start developing the necessary uh, mechanisms to help you uh, succeed 
and and it's it's found that the the, the better you take care of yourselves in, in your dietary uh, uh, state and and if you exercise and it doesn't mean you have to go to the gym and start power lifting but even just by walking uh, by doing tai chi who's a wonderful which is a wonderful practice uh, for relaxation and so forth meditation is extremely important once you learn the fundamentals of meditation you can you can reduce your 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 uh, your blood pressure. You can reduce your anxieties simply by by concentrating on your on your breath, and all of these things collectively uh, help you each day because it is a lifelong journey, and we all need to have these tools in order to to move forward and to uh, help us with our addictions and. What is a big important issue here, uh, particularly with veterans or first responders who will also be part of the program, is that community, having a Tai Chi class together, having uh, whatever event we're doing, but they're together so that they're sharing this information and they're, they're seeing each other. And one of the things you'll find about veterans and, and uh, first responders is the camaraderie that they have between each other is incredible. They will support each other. They'll encourage each other. They'll pick somebody up when they're down. That story about never leaving anyone behind, that's true. That is absolutely 100% true. Now, Annette, in, in these kind of group settings, do you see the value in that as opposed to this, just the individual therapy, which is also important? Well, I, I think it's a component. It's a very, it's, it's a, it is a community that really works together. As Julia was saying, that you know, you're giving people resources to continue to address the lifelong issues of addiction. But that does absolutely include community. That's imperative that community is involved because so often many people feel so isolated and so withdrawn and so um, rejected and abandoned by people that were once their community. And what we're doing is, is allowing an opportunity community to then be reignited and that individuals have a resource to go to. One of the issues of relapse comes to play when someone feels like they have nowhere else to go. That's why lifelong resources are so important and many uh, people have found like uh, Alcoholics Anonymous to be successful because you have someone to turn to, you have meetings to go to. Um, That's a lifelong management of this disease. So having a community and a place where you know you could call home, no matter what, you're, you are always welcomed home. The door is never slammed on you. It's always open. And um, being able to do that within that type of support is essential for ongoing recovery. As we start walking through the issues with uh, addiction and returning from addiction, there's a number of a very important uh, things that we, you have to consider. When you're talking about veterans, their, their, their strength has been they're a warrior, be, be it a man or a woman. Their, their strength is I'm a warrior. I can handle it. I can do what needs to be done. And then they're out, and they're not a warrior anymore, and they don't know what to do. And the structure that they had is now gone. And that is so difficult to try to deal with. And as Dr. Zakari just said, if you don't have that community, you go back to what you know. Hence the recidivism rate being so high. Earlier today, we had a show with the Veterans Treatment Court and, and uh, Judge David Abbott, 
who started the Veterans Treatment Court in Sacramento, California, was talking about what type of recidivism, I can never get that word right, rates do you have? And people who go through programs like a Veterans Treatment Court or like Awakening and Wholeness, they're going to have 1% to 2% recidivism problems. That's what the Veterans Treatment Court has been showing. As opposed to the criminal court, when you when you have an addiction, oftentimes you're going to be found in the criminal justice system where the recidivism rate is 70 to 90 percent. Now that's astronomical. And it's important that we, we see, we're on the, if, we, if we put this community together to support these veterans and to support these first responders. Now, these aren't people living under a bridge. These are people who served their country with honor. These are people who run into burning buildings. These are people who come in when there's an active shooter and try to to save and protect people. That's who we're talking about with this program. Now, we're not going to exclude anybody else, all right? But those are the key players that we need to be, we need to protect them as a community, as, as the United States. Julio, do you have a comment on that? Uh, yeah, you're absolutely correct, uh, particularly with the comment that we won't turn anybody down. Uh, quite frankly, uh, I had the, uh, Frank and I had the pleasure of uh, uh, being having a guided tour of uh, Catholic Charities Mana House uh, uh, with Terry Ehrmans, who's the founder, and it, that's a veterans uh, uh, organization that's helping veterans who are homeless. And uh, we intend to collaborate with Terry for people, uh, gentlemen and men and women that are, who come through this program that want to uh, that want additional uh, uh, help uh, that we can provide them, uh, and and so because this is all about collaboration. Uh, since we're nonprofits, there's, this is not a competitive uh, 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 foreground for everybody to compete against one another. This is for all of us to collectively come together collaboratively, and and show the love, show the caring, show the kindness, the compassion and the empathy for our, our men and women uh, who have served in the military. And that's what uh, we're all about. We are almost out of time. This, this show has gone by way too fast. If you want to read about the chilling effects of addiction and recovery based on a, a true life story, you can get our book, Storm Seeds, and that's available through Amazon or through my website, franksakari.com. We're almost out of time. I want to thank... Julio Alvarado and Dr. Annette Zakari for sharing this, ins- this inspiring, life-altering event. Now, no matter what life throws at you, remember this. Look up, get up, and never, ever give up. You can pick up the pieces and start moving forward. And what you're going to find is better times and better people will enter your life. If you'd like more information about Awakening Wholeness, about the program Mr. Alvarado starting or what Dr. Zakari's studies and, and uh, research has shown, send me a message at the Life Altering Events on voiceamerica.com. Press email the host, and I'll make sure it gets to the appropriate people. Now, if you missed any of this show or any of our shows, you can they're available on demand on iTunes and Stetcher and Spotify and through my website, franksakari.com. Let me leave you with this. The secret to walking on water is to know where the rocks are. All right? Julio and Annette, thank you so much for being here. This is very inspiring. And we will have more on on life-altering events as it progresses. And we'll keep you updated for our listeners. 
Join us again next week, and we'll discuss another life-altering event. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Life-Altering Events. Be sure to join Frank Zakari again next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a life-changing week. The Good Cop.